Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. We're back with the one and only Beth Traverso. How are you doing, Beth? I'm doing excellent. Thank you. I've always wanted to ask you this question. I'm so glad I get to ask you this in episode number three. I want to talk about what is it like being your own boss? What is it like being the boss, Beth? Yeah, so it's interesting because I've kind of always been my own boss, so I don't really know another way of doing it. <laughs> and I'm actually kind of glad, you know, I realized later like, oh, and I remember years ago, I used to be like, oh, I never went to college. I've got no, supposedly have no skills or whatever. So it's kind of like, I got to do my own thing or, um, but, you know, I, I've, I've managed to make it work for me and where I think the difference really, there's a few things, of course, you know, but like, if you're going to work for yourself, you have to be disciplined above all. And in real estate, um, really one of the main things that I see a lot of agents not doing is treating their business like a business. Like you are either, it's either a yeah. hobby or it's a business. And the people like the, the top agents that are doing the majority of the deals are treating it like a business. They have a business plan. They're building it out. They have their different, uh, we call them lead pillars, you know, the different ways that the, the, there's coming in. You, you have your your systems in place. So, you know, it's not like a free for all where you're just like, you know, like oh, I'm just going to sleep, you know, and wake up at noon. And then, you know, you mean your day's a little more structured, yeah. Beth. Tell me it's not so. Yeah. So working for myself means I work a lot. You know, the other thing too is like the, the buck stops with me. So it's like, if there's a problem, I have to solve it regardless of what that is, you know? So there, I can't just pawn it off on somebody else or be like, well, it's five o'clock and I'm out of here. You know, I'm just clocking off for the day. You know, it's like when you own your own business, you have to be very malleable. Now that, that, may not sound appealing to some people, but there definitely is like, there's like this hustle time where you have to like work, work really hard, build, build, build. And then you reach a point where ideally you can start to outsource things. So right now I work on, I delegate. So I've built a small team and I delegate as much as humanly possible so that I can do things like take a weekend off or go on a trip and things like that and not have everything stop. So that's, that's part of it. Yeah. So the one question I'd love to ask someone is for a long time, you, you were kind of, like you said, you, you ate what, you know, you ate what you killed, right? The buck stopped with you. What was the first person you hired that, you know, you were responsible for paying their hourly rate or however you paid them? Yeah. Tell me about that decision. I work with a business coach who I adore and he was trying to get me on this for a long time of like, you need to hire an assistant to do the admin work. Like that's the first hire. Um, because all that busy work done in the office is not my, um, not selling task. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that somebody can be hired to do. And so I started with hiring that person that freed up about, I don't know, whatever. I think I hired her part-time at first, but it was like 20 hours or so. And it easily quickly grew to 40 hours. And I think it's important for business people to define what are your most important tasks. And so for me, my most important tasks are going on, making appointments, going on appointments, negotiating contracts. That's it. So basically anything that is not one of those things can be delegated to somebody else. And it's hard to let go of that iron grip you have on things. Like I remember when I, the next hire I brought on was a, was a buyer's agent that would, was helping me out with excess you know, uh, showings and other things like that. Buyers would come in more than I could, you know, it starts to get to a point where like you're doing your consistent lead generation. Right. So here's the thing. You've got to be consistent. 
when you are running your own business, whatever your business is, if you get busy and you're like working on this, oh, I got three deals. I got to work on these three deals and you work, 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 work. And you neglect your other tasks that generate more business. Yeah. You'll get these income roller coasters where you'll, you'll have these, you know, good months and then lean times you lose momentum. So consistency, really key, having a routine, really key, getting your systems in place. Um, and watch your profitability too. I can't tell you how many small business owners or medium-sized business owners I know who get so wrapped up in the work that they're not really watching the bottom line. And that is why we're doing all this, right? Yeah. So let's talk about sure that. Profitable. Yeah, let's talk about that. Because again, I don't think enough people look at the numbers, right? Do you look at the numbers weekly, daily, monthly, quarterly? How, how often do you look at kind of the cash flow statement of the business? I look at it about quarterly or so. Okay. And I'm not... Um, I'll be the first to say I'm not a spreadsheet person, you know, but I do actually, I mean, I'm looking at, I'm looking at it on a over a general overview, you know, all, you know, at least weekly, you know, mm -hmm. but, and I know I have my general like metrics that I look at and when things start to dip a little bit, I'm mm -hmm. mindful of it and might pull back in some other areas, but right. um yeah, I'm I'm watching it really closely. When it's it's a little tougher when you're self-employed because you've got all this inflow mm -hmm. and like, oh, I just made all this money, but then like you got all this outflow too, you know, and then yeah, you gotta look at what very your lumpy, pipeline right? is. You gotta watch your pipeline very closely. So what what's one or two metrics that Beth would look at once a month to to tell you to go hard here or or pull back? What are one or two metrics? Yeah. So I'm looking at return on investment on my marketing spend. Oh, okay. Tell us about yeah. that. Yeah. So like, for example, I used to spend a whole lot of money on a, um, I don't know if I should mention their name or not, but a lead generation portal. Sure. Um, okay. And uh, they uh, used, I used to get 10 X. I was spending up to $23,000 a month on this lead portal. You would spend 23 grand a month on this lead portal. It begins portal. with a Z. Yeah. I, I knew anyway. which one it was. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, and they were wonderful because if I put a dollar in and I was getting $10 back, sure. I'll put as many dollars as I Yeah. Can. I'll give you 23 grand in a heartbeat. Yeah, no problem. Boom, boom, boom. And it was coming back, you know, and I was watching that metric really carefully. Cause that's a lot of money. Cause if you're all of a sudden it goes to zero and you're still spending this 23 yeah. grand and you're on a six month contract, it's like, Whoa. Yeah. So Ouch. Um, I know. So it is, it, yeah, I watched that very carefully. And when, as a real estate agent, when you start having a team and you're mm -hmm. like, then you have to watch the lead conversion and things like that to make sure that's another metric to make sure that you're going to get the return on investment. Mm -hmm. But so, and then that started to change. They changed their business model in a lot of different ways to where the agent got marginalized and then kind of pushed away. Yeah. Yet the cost was still there. Yeah. No, and so it got to the point where I was paying a thousand dollars a phone call. And most of these phone calls were total waste of time. And I'm like, I'm stopping that, you know, yeah, done. Thankfully, I'm, even though I built my business on a lot of that, I was able to retain those clients to get yeah. clients and referrals. And I'm doing several marketing things in other ways. Like I've got what they call a farm and other things that I do that are bringing in better return on investment. So it's not like I cut that head off and then there's no business. You know, you have of to course. be careful to make sure you're building multiple sources of business because you never know how things are going to change. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. The last thing we'll talk about this in running your own business is, um, you know, you have your, uh, you have your Rolodex, your past clients, or the people that know who Beth Traverso is. Uh, when you look at your, um, I don't know how you want to divide it, your time in a week, how much of it is on past relationships versus trying to add more people to that list? What is, are you just to the point of farming? Are you adding yeah. more? Or what's going on? 
So thankfully, I reached a tipping point a few years ago where now most people come to me where instead of me having to go out and find people. Sure. And I'm really, really fortunate with that. And I've just built that over time. But so, so I spend a lot of time just, I like to just be just, so a lot of my clients become friends. And so yeah. I'll just reach out to them here and there like, hey, how's it going? And just what's going on in your life? I don't, I never salesy. I'm never like, hey, you want to buy or sell a house? Like, no, they know how to find me if they need yeah. me. But it's just like it's just all about relationships so you got to yeah. have relationships and you got to be a resource for people like if a past client reaches out and they're like and you can probably adapt this to whatever business you're in if somebody's like hey i need somebody to replace the flooring in my house and i can't find anybody oh here's my guy he'll take care of you right now you exactly. know that's yeah. how you provide you know or like hey what is going on in the market right now you need to be able to know the answer and tell them you know and yeah. be authentic so stop yeah. with the scripts and stuff people <laughs> yeah yeah and just so people realize if you're for one or two years in the business what how many years in the business before you reach that tipping point a, a dozen ten eight yeah so here's the thing and i won't get into this right now because i know we're kind of at the tail end of this video but like the first 10 or so years of my career i did not treat it like a business mm. i was not doing it right and then so it was in 2013 was when i realized like you know what i gotta do something here and i rebuilt it Okay. So it went from starting from zero, more or less in 2013. Um, in 2013, I did like one deal and I mm -hmm. built it from that to like a million plus in GCI. I think I crossed that million in about GCI gross commission income. Sorry, I'm going to use the lingo. But that it ended up being like about, uh, I think 2017 was that first year that that happened. So like about four years of like really, really hitting it hard. Very, very so. cool. Well, you know what? We might sneak in a fourth video on that. Uh, but before we do, Beth, how can people find you if they want to buy something? Maybe House Act, like we talked about in video yeah. number two. Right. So you can find me at BethTraversoGroup.com. And the spelling is right there in the corner of the screen. And people can also find me on Facebook and reach out to me that way. Awesome. Thanks, Beth. All right. Thanks.